0: Winners and losers from what was a crazy night one of the 2023 NFL Draft. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody is having a great start to their Friday night one of the NFL draft round one of the NFL draft in the books we look forward to round two and three tonight of day two but we have to react to night one and our winners and losers your thoughts your reactions as well in the YouTube live chat of what occurred um, last night here in the NFL draft and what a chaotic start we had with Houston throwing us a curveball going quarterback at two then trading up to number three um, just all of the chaos that we saw the Cardinals moving around the Texans moving around the Lions moving around there was just So much activity in those first, I would say, 10 or 12 picks. Uh, And then it got a little weird. Jameer Gibbs coming off the board at 12. Um, There was just a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that happened early on in the draft that set the stage for what was a very chaotic uh, night one, and it was a lot of fun uh, to, to take part in that. So You guys know the drill. Winners and losers. Your thoughts on the NFL draft um, in the chat uh, as we go through this, and I'll share some of my winners and losers uh, as we go along, and we probably should start uh, with the winners, right? We'll start with the positive news and talk about the winners, and there are two teams in particular that I want to shout out, and I talked about them um, in a tweet thread that I did last night. Uh, a big winner, the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. I think the Seattle Seahawks coming out of night one somehow some way with Jalen Carter and, um, excuse me, yeah, with with, 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 um, Sorry, let me pull up the board here. Just want to make sure that I have this. But to somehow end up with Jackson, Smith, and Jigba and Devin Witherspoon, a massive, massive job by them. Um, I'm thinking of the Eagles because we're going to talk about them in a second with Jalen Carter. But to come out of this draft with Devin Witherspoon uh, and Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, what a huge home run for them um, on night one. Just an absolutely fantastic job uh, to get the top corner in the class and probably the top wide receiver in the class. Um, And they were able to kind of do that sitting basically where where they were. So an absolutely fantastic job by them to continue to build around Geno Smith and to build around what they're doing there and to do so by adding in another corner. Everyone didn't think they would go corner after the, the, the investments that they've made and they haven't really been known for going corner um, early on, but they ended up doing it, the getting one of the top corners in this class and then getting the top wide receiver in the class as well. So I thought they did a great job in an NFC that's wide open. You had two players like that, you can really help yourself in a lot of ways. And then the Eagles uh, becoming you know Georgia North by adding Jalen Carter, um, by moving up one spot uh, from 10 to 9 to get Jalen Carter, and then at 30, getting Nolan Smith And it's just incredible to me that they continue to add this Georgia talent. They had two great players to a defense that lost a lot of talent in the offseason, but they've immediately, at least we all think, added some great players here um, in the the draft from Georgia to be able to help bolster that defense and turn things around. So I don't know how you can start um, a winner's conversation without uh, shouting out um, those two teams um, in particular. Uh, I think they both did a very good job uh, in a lot of ways. I think another big winner here in all of this is I loved what the Arizona Cardinals were able to do. Moving out of three, inviting Houston to come back up, going all the way back to 12, and then using those picks at 12, to come back into uh, the top 10 into six and get Paris Johnson probably the player that they wanted at three all along while also adding a future first round pick that just so happens to be Houston's pick I mean we we, with Kyler Murray being out for some length of time next season we're looking at an Arizona Cardinal team that more than likely at least as of right now is going to have uh, two very high picks I think based on Super Bowl odds I was having this conversation offline um, with Jamie earlier today but based on Super Bowl odds the Arizona Cardinals might have right now for mock drafts the number one and number two pick in next year's draft class and if you believe that they are going to stick with Kyler Murray like I do you are looking at a team that is going to have potentially two top 10 picks more than likely let's say two top ten picks. They've got the quarterback and in a quarterback class that is much highly regarded than this one is there is an opportunity here and I use this example on Twitter and I'll use it here for everybody and for my NBA fans in the chat you might like this. This feels like Monty Ossinfort can do what Sam Presti has been doing for the Oklahoma City Thunder stockpiling draft picks making players into draft picks making draft picks into more draft picks and constantly giving his team uh, the ammunition in the draft capital to make whatever type of move can come across their table. You guys know I've talked about it plenty on this show I love a team that puts themselves at the forefront of opportunity that puts them in a position to be able to strike when any uh, given um, opportunity or possibility can present itself whether that is in the draft with a player whether that's via free agency whether that's via a trade if a player wants to go someplace else you want to be able to be in the center of those conversations And I think this could be a beginning of a path for Arizona to do that. They right now currently are going to have two picks, um, two first round picks in next year's draft class. And those two picks could very easily be at the top of the pecking order in a quarterback market. I think if they are in a position where they want to stick with Kyler Murray, they are able, they're going to be able to trade both of those picks because teams are going to want to come up and they're going to be able to get a King's ransom and be able to have picks in the first round of next year's draft by also continue to build for the future. And we give Howie Roseman all the credit in the world for stockpiling these picks uh, the way that he did with um with philly and having the opportunity to be picking in the top 10 in a year when you went to the super bowl Arizona, I think, could potentially be on that same trajectory to have multiple picks in multiple years and really be able to use them at their disposal. So I think those would be um, the three big winners that I have. And for Arizona, the night didn't start off very good with those tampering, um, the tampering news that came out that led to them settling with the Eagles on draft compensation and giving up a pretty good pick. And you thought, oh no, here we go again. And then I think they immediately changed their fortune by one getting a good player in Paris Johnson Jr. They needed help along the offensive line, and so building in the trenches is a big win. But I think more importantly, the trades that they were able to pull off to get that extra first round pick next year from Houston is all more important 2023 is going to be a bit of a wash for this team uh, so for them to put themselves in a position where they have picks for down the road I think is a huge huge win um, we've got some questions here in the chat so I'll I'll I'll, I'll link them in here and then we'll get into the losers um, not wants my thought on the Jets pick I mean I think the Jets pick makes a ton of sense when you look at it from this perspective I think they fully anticipate with Aaron Rodgers coming in and the money that's associated to him that Carl Lawson um, and Bryce Hoff are going to be off this team at the pass rush group next season so they looked at this as an opportunity of they were probably going to try to trade down um, and trading down didn't seem like it was possible or at least their value what they wanted out of that pick ne- wasn't necessarily met so they stayed and picked a player in Will McDonald who they believe can fit into their pass rotation and I think this was a move for twenty. 20- 2024, uh, more so than it was a move for 2023. I think they look at 2024 and think Carl Lawson's going to be gone, Bryce Huff's going to be gone. We need to get to a pass rush rotation that is Quentin Williams in the middle, Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, um, Michael Clemens, John and Franklin Myers as the group um, on the outside, and they love a rotation. It's what Robert Sala is known for. He loves to have a rotation of pass rushers, and they want to have fresh guys late in the fourth quarter um, to be able to. Um, you know, get after the quarterback. They believe having an elite pass rush and having guys that you can rotate in and out late in the game when you have a lead is exactly what you need. So that's the thought process. Um, I think the leap that you have to make is you have to hope that this is the coaching staff and this is the, the GM in the front office that is going to be able to put that roster together in 2024 and beyond because you're drafting a, 20, a guy that's going to be, what, 24, 25 years old. So it's an older player. Uh, and you're basically betting on him being a help uh, long term in 2024 or at least beyond this season. And you've kind of gone all in on 2023. There were some these that you could have... Um, fit around the edges, um, you know, around the edges of the roster, meaning offensive line help. They could use some help there. They could maybe use another wide receiver. Um, So I don't necessarily love the pick from a value perspective, but I will tell you, and this is something I I personally believe and I'm not going to judge their draft performance until I see their entire class because there are some offensive linemen that sit on the board here um, to start round two that could be available for the Jets at 43. And if they snag one of those offensive linemen, then I will feel that they checked uh, a major box for them in that regard. So we'll see how it all plays out. I'm going to let their entire class come together and then have my criticisms at the end. But it was a weird pick. It was a a different pick. But again, I think I can understand the thought process. It's up to you whether or not you necessarily um, agree uh, with it. Shout out to the Balky and Jags for doing well. Yeah, I thought they did well here to make a move and they get Anton Harrison. We know that they're going to need some offensive line help Uh, Cam Robinson going to be spending for some level of time probably at least six games Um, so that's another thing uh, to keep an eye on yes Uh, what's up Joey Harris Uh, see you in there in the chat Um, yeah I mean there there is um, you know that was another good pick I'm trying to think of any other like big time winners that I really want to shout out and the Cardinals were a big one Seattle was a big one Detroit was a big one Um, and and there's a lot of talk in the chat about Tyree Wilson um, to uh, the Eagles uh, to the Raiders at seven yeah I mean I like that one uh, quite a bit I think uh, you know listen Tyree was a player that I had mocked at two to Houston so I viewed him as a guy that could go in the top 10 and I think if you're the Raiders you need to get uh, you need to get pass rush um you need to be able to get after the quarterback in a division in which you're playing you know Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes twice here what's up James what's going on man um Cowboys finally got their run stuffer that's another one to shout out Eddie good shouts there from you um, Ozzie Smith was a huge pick I think this is one of the better interior players um D tackles in this class and they get their guy uh at 27 one of uh, Sam, Sam Teets is in the chat one of the ones that we had one of the matches that he and I overlapped on we were kind of driving that that bandwagon um, late in the process shout out the, uh, the Giants for Deontay Banks yeah that's a, that's another big win I mean I'm not worried about Wink Martindale knowing what to do with Deontay Banks that is a huge huge selection um, there I mean Christian Gonzalez to the Patriots is another one that, I, that I'll give a shout out a lot of people thought that was a top 10 corner um, probably should have been but he falls all the way not originally to 14 they could have taken him at 14 they make the trade to let the Steelers come up for Broderick Jones and then they go ahead and they're able to sit there at 17 um, and, uh, and still make the pick for Christian Gonzalez so that's a that's a big win there. There for them, I think they did really, really well uh, in that regard. Um, we'll talk about some losers. Um, look, there, I, I, we got to let the whole process play out, right? And and I want to say that I like the two players that this team drafted. Um, and they've got three second-round picks tonight. So again, we're gonna have five picks inside the top like fifty-five or so that this team's gonna be able to put together. And their entire class might look a lot different when all things is set and done. But I think the idea. Of what Detroit did by taking a running back and Jameer Gibbs at 12 a player that I love player that people in the chat know I at one point mocked to uh, the Lions I thought it made a ton of sense Um, as early as Monday I kind of put that together thinking that that would make some sense Um, and then they go and they they're the team that takes the the first linebacker off the board uh, with Jack Campbell so positional value is going to be the big conversation there but they get two good players um, two players that are at the top of their position group again they're going to have three other picks um, to be able to make here in the second round to be able to put together a more complete class Um, but they needed help with these positions Positions and they addressed them and I, I don't think I'm not going to give them a hard time uh, for Jameer Gibbs I'm really not um, at 12 and I'm not going to give them a hard time too much of a hard time for Jack Campbell because he was the betting favorite to be the top linebacker off the board. So again, um, it's tough because of the positional value, and it's kind of easy for them to be viewed at as losers. But I want to see the, I want to see how this plays out. I want to see what we do here um, with these three picks. I mean, they've got. Let me look it up because they made they moved a bunch yesterday. So they picked 34. So they'll pick the, they have the third pick tonight. They're going to pick 34, 48, and 55. We got three more picks um, in 55 in the top 55. We're going to be able to, to get some good players. So hashtag our lines. There's a little bit of a bias here, but we're gonna we're gonna let this play out a little bit before um, we 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 give them a, a a terrible grade. But we're gonna say C minus right now if we had to grade it. Um, Gibbs could have went... Uh, the Lions could have went Gibbs at 18 and Jack in the second round or trade back in the mid-20s and still took Jack. Detroit was the biggest losers. I mean, not if you believe what a lot of the reports are about Gibbs not being there at 18. They they certainly felt as if Gibbs wasn't going to be there at 18. They certainly felt as if he was going to potentially go 15 to the Jets. Um, that That is a team that's been thrown out there. Um, I would agree with you on the point about Jack Campbell potentially being a pick in the second round. Um, but again, he, they are still going to be able to fill some other needs that we think they have with these picks um, in the third round, so in the second round. So let's see it play out. Let's see it play out, um, and then we'll go from there. Um, Again, loser is a strong word, um, but I will put this team in this bucket because I have been driving the bandwagon of Green Bay needs to surround their young quarterback the quarterback that they don't have a lot of information about um, with some talent and I thought they were the perfect perfect spot to be the team that took the first wide receiver off the board and the board played out that way when they were on the clock with pick 13 not a single wide receiver was taken not saying Lucas Van Ness is a bad player I think Lucas Van Ness is a typical Green Bay pick I think it fits them in a lot of ways right and there were plenty of mocks that had that and so it was it was a popular pick but to me I would have much rather seen them go with any of the wide receivers any of the passers catching options that were on the board there to help Jordan Love because I don't want us to get to the end of the season and it be like well all they had was Christian Watson so how can we expect to evaluate Jordan Love well you had a golden opportunity here in the top 15 after you do a pick swap with the Jets to be in front of everybody else that's going to take a wide receiver and you have the board completely falling your way to where you are the team on the clock picking with no wide receivers coming off the board yet and you decide to go with an edge rusher now that doesn't mean they they, they pick 42nd tonight right they pick right in front of the Jets as part of the Rodgers trade could they still get a wide receiver there yes absolutely and that's why we're not going to completely uh, go off the rails just yet but we're looking at now taking um, Josh Downs we're looking at potentially one of the tight ends in, in Michael Mayer or Sam LaPorta or Luke Musgrave, even a Darnell Washington's available. So we've got options at the pass catching market. So we're not going to, we're not going to grade, we're going to grade on a curve here a little bit because we're going to give it time. We're going to let the process um, play out here. Before we leap to, to the conclusion that, you know, it, Green Bay is, you know, big F-minus fail, failing grade, right? I think after night one, they have some other things they need to address, and I would have liked them to have gone in a different direction, but Lucas Van Ness fits what they want to do defensively, um, and I can understand that. Let's we'll see if there's anything else um, that really, really stands out to me in terms of a pick that I didn't necessarily love uh, for the team. You guys know how I feel about Bijan to the Falcons. I love that. Um, maybe Emmanuel Forbes to Washington with with Christian Gonzalez on the board, but I had a conversation with Ryan Fowler, and we did it on the premium live stream. Uh, last night, um, you know, and he talked about how they want somebody who can who can get turnovers, and that's what Emmanuel Forbes' mo is. So when you look at it from that lens, and that was the lens that they were looking through it from, you can't necessarily get too upset on uh, picking Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, we we talked about the Jets a little bit ago. I think that's another one t- to point out. Um, Kalijah Cansey to Tampa Bay, um, you know, that's that's an interesting one. Um, you know, he's a smaller interior player. There's a, they're a team that need, that needs everything and anything. Um, so I guess you really can't fault him if they thought he was their best player uh, available. Um, Colbert said Green Bay with their best player available. Can't fault them. No, uh, Colbert, I, I, again, I, I want to make sure that my criticism is 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 placed in the right context, right? I just want them to end up with a wide receiver, I think, by the, by the time tonight is done. Um, and so I think we're going to get there, and I think we're going to be okay, and I think I'm going to like it when it's all said and done. But after night one, this would be one of those things I would say I'd like us to address this tonight, please. I would like us to get a wide receiver, um, if possible, or a pass catcher, right? One of the tight ends, just get just get a a pass catcher. Um, Sam says Forbes got a little lucky with some of his ball production in college, yeah. And if that's what the the, the commanders are betting on, then they got to hope um, that he can he can you know get some of that uh, luck to go his way uh, at the next level. But yeah, the can't see pick is obviously one um, that people are going to to point out but other than that i like what a lot of teams did um i love the the chargers getting quentin johnston to get a you know another receiver for um for justin herbert i love zay flowers to the ravens they get they signed lamar earlier in the day and they get him um you know they get him a a nice target in zay flowers it should be a game changer jordan addison there that run of four wide receivers from 20 to 23 um that's a big one um Braden says, sorry for, I forgot one winner I liked before losers. The bears getting Darnell. Yeah. I mean, this was one that um, was one of those matches for me. I had seven of them in my final predictive mock. This was one of them. um, I had heard, um, Jamie was the one who kind of told me this that they really liked Darnell Wright, and so I was able to get there with him uh, in the mock draft. But I know a lot of Bears fans are a little bit worried about that. There were some people who thought this was that was the best offensive lineman uh, in this class. Uh, maybe at worst he was the second best. So they they got him. And Paris Johnson wasn't on the board. It wasn't like they passed on Paris to to go Darnell. Um, Darnell was there on the board. Uh, Sportsnut says Vikings getting a wide receiver to pair with Jefferson before Green Bay gets one. I mean they still have Christian Watson, right? So we're not gonna. I don't want to completely discount them, but the Vikings clearly loading up um, here. No more Adam Thi right so they certainly needed a wide receiver two in that in that system so to be able to get uh, Jordan Addison who by the way had the best suit game out of anybody there uh, in, invited um, you know that's good Good suit game for Jordan Addison really really like that so um, overall I mean w- what what fun what chaos um, just just a really good time uh, last night here and I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the chaos of night one and in, enjoyed their team making their picks and, and if you didn't guess what they got more picks to be able to make here uh, tonight here so a little bit of a shorter show I wanted to give you guys a quick update here uh, my thoughts winners and losers on night one um, for those of you listening to this podcast we are doing um, another live show for the premium members so if you are of the TDM premium discord that link will get dropped in there for you to be able to join the live watch along uh, you guys know the drill rate review subscribe to the podcast we've got the YouTube version up each and every day and then you get to join the pre-show and today on the pre-show we're going to be talking about players uh, tonight and um, where they might go best players still available on the board so we're going to be able to have that fun and then come on and join us tonight uh, for the premium uh, live watch along so it should be a lot of fun so I appreciate everybody joining us here uh, on the show today I got a lot more stuff in plan other prospects and props coming out later today as well so all the content to have you covered uh for for day two of the nfl draft so i hope everybody has a great day in the podcast feed and i'll talk to everybody on monday